Hi, friends. <laughs> uh, Jack. Ian, yeah? Jack, my hi. pretty. Uh, hi. hi. Hello. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been uh, forever and a day, so... I mean... Not a while since you you and I have talked. Well, since we've, we've been sitting we've, here yeah, doing this. We've talked a couple of times, but this is the first time that we've fired up the microphones. We had a script. First of all, hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the nerds. I'm Ian, and my name is Jack. Um, it's been forever and a day. We mm-hmm. the last one we did was I think mid December, right before you were on your way to Sydney. Yep, and um, and, then, and I was getting. And then I got- I was getting a Buffy video up, or uh, an yeah. Angel video up for January 1st, and then I was taking a little trip to New York. Yeah, a little and trip to New York. And then some things happened. <laughs> some things ha- happened to both of us. Yeah. Yeah, some... so we worked up a script today for this, and um, I just told Jack about five minutes ago, we're throwing it out the window, and then said, hit record. Ian at the last <laughs> minute, of course, just said, Jack... We're not doing that. We're just going to wing it. I'm like, all right, Captain. You know, the, the funny thing is, is that I, I have a reputation for not being very impulsive. And yet, <laughs> uh, with this podcast you have, come to th- think of it, we've done a lot of impulsive things that are. Yeah. Uh, well, we were yeah. going to talk about the. Uh, well, uh, we were going to talk about a little bit about Joss, and I had a comparison to uh, a documentary. I've been thinking about my point of view that I brought up mm-hmm. about it and I now think it's a mistake and I'm not well versed enough to actually have the conversation. Yeah, I mean, and I it's was fraught. Right. Yeah, it's a very tricky uh topic to na- navigate and um at the end of the day we're just two We're just dudes. two schlubs, you know. And and so who gives give a shit about what we think, you know? Like, <laughs> I barely care what I think. <laughs> All right, so Jack, uh, yes. December, you're getting on a plane. I think I edited. That well, means, that's right. I edited the last podcast, which is not the normal did, uh, way of doing did things. Did you? I did, and I uploaded the last one. Really? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I, because you I were guess, getting on a plane. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's rewind a little bit further back. So it's it's the day before I fly out to Sydney. I get online and I see breaking news, COVID outbreak in the Northern Beaches area of Sydney. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little concerning. Um, and then in the ensuing 12 hours or so, there's lots of talk of closing the, the borders, rah, rah, rah. And I wake up the next day, unsure of what the hell I'm gonna, gonna do. I have to leave from the airport in like two or three hours. And there's talk of closing them the border and all of this stuff. So I'm sitting there going, hmm, what do I do? Um, and then in the end, I just thought, screw it. I'm, I miss yeah. my, my family. I don't want to spend Christmas alone. So I got on a plane and I flew to Sydney and the border closed the night I got there. And... Didn't open again for like two months or just under. Yeah, you got a little. Months, I guess. You got a little stuck. Um, yeah. So how was your a little? How was your Christmas and New Year's? It was. It was good, but it was very un, uneventful because you have, you don't tend to do a lot during a global pan- pandemic. You no. Know? Um, no. Um, 
mostly I just hung out with my uh, brother and we watched a lot of uh, television and movies and stuff. I introduced him to Interview with the Vampire, one of my favorite movies. Is that one of your favorite liked. movies? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, maybe we, yeah, should do that, a, we should do a commentary track on it. Absolutely. I would love that. That's like somewhere in the top, top 10 for, for me. I love it. It's a kind of a slow burn gothic horror. Like it's really, yeah. it's really cool. Then he introduced me to Apocalypse Now, which I ha- hadn't seen. That movie was fantastic. And also, Did you watch I the get Redux? so many references now. Did, um, the, I actually don't know. The unedited... Ver- Did it have a awkward scene with some French colonials at dinner? I don't think so. Okay, then That's you probably watched the theatrical version, which is, I, th- uh, I think, okay. the best version. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Um... Yeah, but I get so many ref- references now that I didn't quite know the origins of, especially that um, I love the smell of napalm in, in the morning. Especially from Buffy. Uh, right? All, like, right there. Uh, yeah, Restless and Snyder, Zen- that entire Zen-des- scene. The whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's Snyder. And I said that to my brother, and he's like, what? And I'm like, remember Xander's dream in Restless? And he was like... Kind of? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, Joss was doing Heart of Darkness, and specifically Apocalypse Now in that scene. Mm. Yeah, it was, but, um, and I just love how, like, towards the end, it kind of becomes a completely different film when Marlon Brando shows up and everything, and it took me a while, and then I heard heard his voice, I'm like, hang on, that's Marlon Brando, what the hell? Yeah, so one of the things I love about that scene is that um, Marlon refused to memorize lines, he he was was at this stage in his career where he was just kind of, he he, he hated acting. But okay. he had so many troubles in his family. He it was the only thing he could do to pay the bills, right? And okay. So he, um, on set, caused uh, Francis Ford Coppola tons of problems. But he would go on set. Okay. He th- they would start the cameras, and he would just ramble yeah. for like fifteen <laughs> minutes, and then he he turn to the camera and say, "That's it. That's all. I, I I'm out of things to say." That's. And that, kind of not surprising, but so surprising because of how good it is, and it's it seems so very good. intentional. It's so well, good. Yeah, my my brother also told me that apparently Marlon Brando rocked up to, to the production uh, out of shape, well, kind of yeah. look 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 looking like crap, and they were just like, "What the hell are we going to do?" So they shot him in in the dark and everything, and it like, but but it worked really well. It's so moody, yeah. like. It's I like love it. it's um, it's like how the shark didn't work on Jaws, so right. they, 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 had <laughs> sh- they had to shoot it in yeah. cutaways. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they uh, did. But it's it seems very intentional. But no, they just winged it, and yeah. it, it, it worked out really well. But I can also see how it has influenced basically every war film that uh, then has come after it. Like yeah, yeah every it's, war, it's, war it, film. I, I think it's the one of the early no paths of glory. I was thinking of one of the early gritty, war as hell, non sensationalized uh, right uh, versions of war films, but it is mm-hmm. definitely not one of the early ones. Um, no, it's it's set the standard. I think. Yeah, well, it's up there certainly. Yeah. Um, um, hmm? Anything else? Did you? Take in anything else? Play any games? 
Um, didn't didn't play a lot of games because I didn't really have access to any gaming. Oh, I played. Uh, actually, no, I played Detroit Become Human. I did one playthrough of that, and did you finish it? it's um. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, it's 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 from the same uh, studio that did he- Heavy Rain, mm-hmm. and it's sort of in the same uh, vein. Lots of like choices. It's not very action packed. It's like a. It's like a choose your own adventure kind of. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of a choose your own adventure book, but in I don't know video form. But um, it's really engrossing and um immersive, and I don't I don't know, man. I really enjoyed it. By the by the end of it, I wanted the best for, for the characters. I I felt bad if I screwed up. <laughs> for some reason, um, uh, that game has ended up in my YouTube recommendations. Different scenes and different. Uh, it's currently riding through you know how uh, occasionally your algorithm on youtube is subject mm-hmm. to um right. weather patterns suddenly you get an yeah. influx of neck cracking yeah. videos or whatever like yeah. <laughs> right now i'm i'm dealing with an influx of uh, detroit become human videos so so have you played it i played heavy rain um I played the one before that. I, I, that's he's kind of a famous developer. I don't remember his okay. name is, and then um, he did Beyond they're, Two they're Souls. They're a French studio, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, think... With Ellen Page or mm-hmm. Elliot Page. Elliot Page. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, pardon me. And then I think after that was uh, 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 Detroit. I, I know the story. It's yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I kind, I kind of wish I could do do another play playthrough because there's so many different endings and, and whatnot. Um, oh, we also watched the Good Place. I I got my, weird. We my started a run through the it. Good Place too. <laughs> uh, so it it was the second time for for me, and I appreciated it so much more. Um and yeah my my brother loved it there, there was um he was do you remember when when we watched the f- finale you and i yeah. and so it's like a it's, it's like a 50 minute f- finale i cried for like 40 <laughs> minutes at those f- 50 minutes as soon as jason plays his per- perfect game i was like oh no oh, oh, no no, oh, no. no. Um, and it, it was very, very much the same film for my brother, but he's a little more stoic than, than I am. So, uh, yeah, one of the, yeah. uh, one of the, um, one of the takeaways of the latest stop on the, we'll say, un- I, I, we, uh, part of the reason why I don't want to get into the draw stuff too heavily is because it's just a bummer, man. It, it's just, it is. Yeah, it sucks absolutely. for everyone involved, ex- uh, except for him, of course, because he deserves yeah. uh, the backlash that he's he gets. But um, uh, you know, and, and inevitably, like I, I've come to accept that I just kind of want to talk about Buffy. But because I do, um, whenever the next stop on the Joss train occurs, uh, someone's mm-hmm. going to ask me for my opinion, right. or um, there's never a last time that I'm going to comment on art no. art versus the artist and reclaiming yeah. um that material but the other thing the thing that i've um came to accept without fear and i'll uh, uh partly that has to do with the story my story of the last two months is that it's just time for me to um diversify the content on the channel and make mm-hmm. some other stuff so to that end which 
we've we've been talking about that for years for years now um to that end i bought what we owe to each other which is the first (gasps) book that chidi gives uh eleanor in uh the good place i plan on getting it and um uh you started reading it yet yeah and i'm gonna start work on um Oh no, I have not started reading it yet. I I uh, okay. I just finished the uh, short story that Arrival is based on, which oh, okay. is another video uh, that I wanted to. I had no idea it was based on a, yeah. a story. Pretty interesting. Yeah. It's it's mostly it's more about language and physics than it is about mm-hmm. um, the main character, but that yeah. that's reading for a video on the channel. And, um, you know, um, um, I realized that exciting times, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just time and there's, there's probably there, there's not going to be a parks and recreation episode guide, but there will be a parks and why you should watch parks and recreation video for sure. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't think of any, any reason why they you you would do a parks and rec no. like guide yeah it's parks and rec to me is just good silly fun i it's, don't think there's much to it beyond that it's a it's a it's a warm blanket mm. in troubling times it's a show yeah. full of good people trying to be good yeah and that's what the i show feel the is same about. and i feel the same about the office too like it's it's an incredible show and i love it but the office turns just into no that. reason to yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the beginning, it's a little more mean spirited. Yeah. I, I would say. Yeah, it's yeah. heavy on the cynicism in uh, yeah. the first couple of seasons, and then they they yeah. they find that warm sentimental streak um, mm-hmm. later on in the show, and and that sort of carries into Parks and Rec, minus the first season, mm-hmm. of course. Um, By the way, can I just quick quickly say, uh, for anybody watching the video version, I know the lighting here keep, keeps ch- changing. That's because the sun keeps going in and out of clouds, so I can't do much about that. I apologize. Well, yeah, I, I don't think we're anyone's worried about it, buddy. Um, so Detroit Become Human, and you, yes. you got home when? That's a great question, Ian. Um, <laughs> two weeks ago? It's ab- about two weeks. Yeah. It's been a bit of a blur. Like, I've just taken a lot of time to, to just settle settle back in. I got a new bed, Ian. Oh, my God. I got a new bed. <laughs> I think you it were is... talking about that bed in December when you were leaving. Yeah. Oh, was I? Okay. Yeah. yeah it's. I finally got it like a week ago. It, it is... Actually, it'll be a week tomorrow, and it is it, it is marvelous. It is so comfortable. It has it it has USB charging ports, <laughs> and it and it's got a vibrating massage fu- function. And the back comes up, and the foot comes up, and it's 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 a nice bed. Well, yeah, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> thanks, thanks. You, you don't have to pretend you know, to be. You know, it's okay. No, you know what? That the the equivalent for me is probably an office chair, uh, right. which I'll tell you about yeah. in a minute. So, yeah, drove. Uh, uh, I posted the um, the Buffy video, and then a day or two later, or the the Angel video for January, and then a day or two later, got in my '98 Chevy Cavalier. And drove two thousand. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fancy. It's not nineteen ninety eight Chevy Cavalier. 
I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know. Cars. It's a two-door coupe. It's basically a sports car. It's technically a Chevy. Well, no, it de- it's it's literally a Chevy. Yeah, but, yeah, it is a Chevy. Yeah. Um, no, it was uh, I. It was a. It was an older 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 woman's car uh, okay. that she had for a number of years and didn't drive. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it was passed on to my former roommate Nigel, and um, he sold it to me. And it has it's a 1998 uh, Chevy Cavalier with 90,000 miles on it, which is, is, is about a lot? half of what it should be okay, uh, for okay. a car that's 20, almost 25 years old. Um, so that's a good thing. Yeah. So driving that yeah. car 2,000 miles uh, cross country was interesting um drove to new york to visit lonnie mm-hmm. yep. um and towards the end of the visit we uh we, my nigel had a uh, covid scare with the kids and told mm-hmm. me he um there's a they were with someone and we don't know so we need to get them tested so you probably want to hang out a little bit and um Lonnie and I started talking about, well, you could just stay if, if, (laughs) if, uh, uh, if it comes to it, because, um, you know, if they were sick, maybe I stay for a month, but then, you know, and then, uh, we started walking around and sort of saying, well, that would be your office for the month and this, that, and the other thing. And we, then we got really excited about it. And then I was like, we're kind of just really excited about me staying, so why don't I just stay? <laughs> and she was like, okay. And uh, we booked it back to Colorado. It took, we drove two days in a van, a 12 passenger van because, because of the, so not uh, the Chevy. No, not the Chevy, not the two door, <laughs> two seater Chevy. <laughs> uh, the, Apparently, U-Hauls are way up because everyone's moving during um, the apocalypse, and so that seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, no mo- offense. Moving van, <laughs> moving trucks uh, rentals are mm-hmm. through the roof at the moment. So we rented a uh, van from Enterprise mm-hmm. and went back, loaded everything up in three days. Um, the girls were fine, but we just decided to do this anyway, and mm-hmm. came back here, and I've been unpacking since. Um. You- Okay, I now, you're still unpacking. I now live in New York. Well, I mean, I lived in Nigel's uh, place for two years, and there were boxes mm-hmm. I never unpacked. You know, dude, I've I've been in this apartment almost eleven years, and I'm pretty sure there's still stuff I haven't un- unpacked. Yeah, yeah, I get, the, but I I get the desk unpacked, and I'm like, ah, eh, mm-hmm. that's good for now. And then, yeah, it's like computer console, whatever you have, yeah. then all good. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but to be fair, I live in a shoebox and there isn't a lot of space to put anything. So, yeah. 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 Well, I don't anymore. Um, it's interesting, yeah. though. You know, um, the move has been wonderful, um, uh, obviously. She and I are, mm-hmm. are sort of like, why would we ever have not done this ever? That was so that that aspect of it has been great. But, um, you know, New York State. It's still an adjustment. The city that we're living in is one of the snowiest cities in the 48 states. 
Um, okay. So I the lower 48 states, uh, lower meaning not uh, um, minus Alaska and Hawaii. But you still got a lot of snow in Colorado, though, right? I did, but Colorado is mm-hmm. sunny 300 days a year. Okay. See, I so it that. snows, you get 10 inches of snow, and the next day the sun comes out and melts everything. You know, okay. the Colorado is notorious for snow because of the Rocky Mountains. So the Rocky mm-hmm. Mountains um, split the state yeah. in half, and there's lots of snow in the mountains. But if you live on the plains, it's a dry, arid um, okay. state with a lot of sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I've grown up in snow, but here I, I've rapidly learned what the words lake effect means because you get this... Um, snow from the great lakes this uh mm-hmm. uh lake effect i don't know exactly how it works but there's something about being this close to the great lakes causes ridiculous like snowing golf ball size clusters probably of got snow to do with um evaporation off the water i don't know if there's, the, there's extra moisture you, in the air you said a I word and i <laughs> i think i know that word but, I, I said words, but I don't know if they apply to anything. They just yeah. sound smart. Well, and, and I also, um, I mean, I, I was born in Illinois and lived in Illinois for a while. And um, mm-hmm. this is this, these are the kinds of places where a gray cloud rolls over the, the town in, you know, September and doesn't go away until March or April. <laughs> it, it's okay. it's a little more doorish compared to mm-hmm. the Shire where I'm from, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, where it's bright and sunny all of the time. But um, but again, you know, I didn't move here for the weather, so uh, okay. who cares? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely not a boat. It's not, not a boat, boat. <laughs> which is a good thing yeah. here. That's a very the, good. The thing. thing is, the boat was driven by. Uh, yeah, no, it's not about this. Uh, it, it, this could not yeah. feel more right um, all, yeah. all the time. The boat was always just like, you know. I've told you privately though, just how like proud of you I am because you've you, you're taking a chance. You know, it's not, it, it's not a massive risk like a boat, but you're someone who's you usually extremely cautious, like cautious to a fault. Like you don't like, yeah, like this is so like i don't want to say unlike you because that sound sounds bad but you are i don't know you've just grown so much and you're taking a chance at being happy and that's amazing dude. well the odd thing is that i know that i have that reputation and it's mm-hmm. earned but i feel like <laughs> ever since i quit my job to do the channel full-time it, that was it, yeah it just doesn't apply anymore yeah. You know, also, quit quitting drinking uh, marked a big yeah. uh, change. Next month is too. one year sober, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, next month will mark two years since I quit smoking, hey. which is a big deal. That's thanks, man. Yeah. Um, that's one ha- habit I never thought I I would kick. I I, I thought that that was the vice that was going to kill kill me. But hopefully not now. <laughs> yeah, likewise with drinking. Um, I uh, a friend of mine, one of my best friends, has come along, and uh, uh, now that I've I've come this far, and he said uh, I he said at one point when I was um, five six years ago, I told him, yeah, I'm probably shortening my life, but eh, 
I didn't want those years anyway. And he told me how much it hurt him to hear me say that, uh, mm. that I was knew I was shortening my life by the volume of alcohol I was drinking, but I didn't mm. care. And he was like, he just wanted me to, he wanted to beg me to care, but, um, he knew that if, uh, he did, it wouldn't matter that I had to come to it my, myself. My, uh, mom often talks about my father and she, she tells me how he always used to say, I'm here for a good time, not in a long time. And then he died at the age of like 32 or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. You have to look, look after yourself, not, not just for yourself, but for the, for the people who, who love you as well. You know, you know, like, yeah, well, someone smarter than me, uh, reminded me that a meaningful life can still be a happy one it's very Mm. strange i um i i've gone through these phases when it comes to meaning and philosophy and all of this where um i i kind of reached a a point where i you know fell ass backwards into Uh, wonderful income and insurance and and all of that and perfectly mm-hmm. stable and i i the nice thing is that you know my tastes being what they are i i got to um i have gotten to something that i know is very rare for people in their lives i i got to live uh for a period of time where if i wanted something i bought it right um yeah you know, uh, I want that becomes hollow after a while. I wanted a laptop. Well, it does or it doesn't. If if it does, mm-hmm. you were hollow beforehand, um, and I was. That, yeah, um, right. that makes sense. Yeah, you know, they say the the uh, the 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 joke that I've I've mentioned at previous times before is the the Tasho joke. Um, they say money can't buy happiness, but you never see any f- frowns on a wave runner. You know, mm. and that's true, right? right? Yeah. Uh, there's a certain variety of happiness that you can purchase. They, they, they've done right. uh, studies on psych- in psychology that shows that there's a certain income level. Lack of money causes fear and anxiety and stress. Yeah. And, yeah. But there's a certain income level where that yeah. goes away. And yeah, then... There's been very recent studies into to that. As too. you get above that further and further mm-hmm. it's diminishing returns where right, right. um so uh, so yeah at below a certain level uh, a certain amount of money makes a huge difference in right Whoops. sorry that's my phone it makes a huge difference in comfort and happiness and um all of that but once you, uh, mm-hmm. i think when i read the study and this was maybe 10 years ago it was something like forty thousand dollars um which is nothing to sneeze at but once you get past that point, then it's sort of just, it's no longer, right. you're, you're comfortable, right. you're safe, you're yeah. secure, you're not worried right. about where uh, the next yeah. meal is going to come from. You yeah. know, and like, I, I mo- go ahead. Money come by ha- happiness, but it certainly can t- take away a lot of stress and worry. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of, I, I was beyond that point at a particularly hollow point in my life and you know bought bought drunk bought uh tablets and laptops Mm -hmm. and and that's a nice air air conditioners uh, well no (laughs) buying stuff for other people never gets old but it was a it was a um 
it was just kind of one of those things where there was nothing more that I really wanted, and I still um, was unhappy. Right. Um, like, you had a good job, but it wasn't f- fulfilling for you. It yeah, wasn't... and I know that anyone who has never experienced... Like, that is not a sob story. Of all the sob stories on Earth, mm. that is the least sobbiest story that exists. <laughs> Uh, like I know that anyone who has never crossed that, we'll say forty thousand dollar threshold, and has uh, is regularly has to worry about where to eat, how to eat, and and uh, how to pay the bills, and how to make ends meet, and all of that, hears that story and is like, oh, boo hoo, poor you, and I get mm-hmm. it, and I'm right there with you. Yeah. Nonetheless, that was my life, and that was kind of where I was at, and I think that that was early thirties. That was when I sort of. Um, mentally started to wonder if like pursuing it, it, like rather than pursuing happiness which unguided creates a life of comfort by default mm-hmm. because comfort can be purchased comfort right. can be secured comfort can be Certainly, gotten yeah. but comfort is not necessarily meaningful no i started wondering about pursuing things that were meaningful and meaningful sometimes involves suffering and mm-hmm. Um, struggling and being uncomfortable and and yeah. all like 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 um, passions are the things that you're willing to suffer for uh, to me is mm-hmm. one of the measures of of passion and so yeah. I went through a period where um, I sort of measured the qualitative investment of my time by that mm-hmm. uh, meaning only and well happiness schmappiness um uh and someone came along and told me that was this might be dumb (laughs) (laughs) that you can have both a happy and meaningful life that they're not mutually exclusive but yes a balance between the two of them and Mm -hmm. so um in the last year or two i've kind of been going oh oh, okay You you are happier now than I've than I've ever seen, seen you, and it's yeah. amazing to see. Nice and relaxed, um, yeah, comparatively. So ordinarily, that Josh stuff comes along, and you've been like, uh, what was so funny mm. was um, the news about uh, Charisma Carpenter posted um, on Twitter saying that she had been treated abusively by Joss Whedon for. Um, before the show or, or rather before season four but um the way he handled her pregnancy was um abusive and terrible and mm-hmm. and um in kind of an unprecedented thing all a large portion of the cast and some of the crew including the writers came out and backed her and yep. amber benson said um buffy was a toxic environment yep um all of that now, this is not the first stop along that train. Uh, there Absolutely was not, no. <laughs> there was Kai Cole uh, or Kai Cole, and there have been rumors for years now. Yeah, his wife, um, uh, her letter was sort of the informal beginning of this, and then um, it was Ray Fisher from Justice League. I mean, there's been one thing after mm-hmm. another after another, and yeah. as someone who quit his job and tethered <laughs> his income to uh to this man's work not to this man to this man's work 
Um, you know, but I, also the work of many other pe- people. The work of well. many other people. That's incredibly mm-hmm. important to to stress. Um, yeah. You know, I was always a little ashamed because whenever the news stories came up, I you know, <clears throat> it's kind of strange being tied to someone like that for your existence. You know, so as their fate goes, you were you you feel like your your fate is tied to it, which. Mm-hmm. I, I I found had a um, I d- I don't want to react to news like that with self interest. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I, it's uh, understandable. It's given... totally understandable, and it's, yeah. and it's and it's human. And I I don't it, like it's it's not a strike against my. Uh, the, but I remember I no. quit my job in. I quit uh, LinkedIn to do this in September uh, three years ago, two and a half years ago. And wow. one of those news stories came along right around that time. And uh, it caused me so much fear and anxiety that I I had like a breakdown um, mm-hmm. during that. I mean, I was having one during that period anyway. What did I just do to my life? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really didn't like that. I, I want those the the revelations and the revealing and people telling their truths and all of that to be something that that um, for me to be a, a pure good to right. one where it's like good you know uh, mm-hmm. and, and not that not one that is has that and is coupled with well what if patreon crashes and people don't want to talk about Buffy anymore or or mm-hmm. something like that. So as right. this has gone along, um, you know that that has sort of sort of happened. But I've noticed this time, I'm like, you know, if uh, um, we have to move into something else, we have to move into something else. Like it did mm-hmm. not shake me up um, this time, which I, ju- I was very worried about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing is several of my friends read the Joss news and called me to say, are you okay? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to go. A woman comes out about the abuse <laughs> right. she suffered in her life. And they, saw, they call me to make sure I'm okay. I get it. And I love yeah. uh, everyone who did that, including you. Mm. But, um, well, my also my immediate thought too was I have to try to stop you from burning out everything <laughs> to the ground because because there have there have been a few moments oh, where sure. I'm like Ian st- step away from the yeah. new. Well, I mean not specifically place. because of Joss, but, but because of <laughs> no, uh, it's a strange other... it's a strange thing this Stresses. this mm-hmm. uh, having talked about Buffy and Angel only for two years. Um, oh, there was Nerd Chipper, which um, I'm very proud of and want to get back to, but. Um, and you've done other um, the things too, like we got the pa- Patreon book bonuses, with, which are fun. But it was almost more because of that, how that happened, that I was like, okay, it's really time to, yeah, to diversify uh, the content yeah. on the channel because yeah. I can't have my friends, <laughs> no, you know, calling like me. Like I said whenever. earlier, we've been talking about it for years, but now it's time to actually it's time. like make yeah. something con- yeah. concrete out um, i have buffy and angel uh, are not going anywhere no. until we're done with it but yeah i mean um, yeah. um yeah. uh i'm gonna keep 
uh, I, the current guide I'm working on is Listening to Fear. Um, script mm-hmm. is almost done. And strangely, I think I managed to find something interesting to talk about uh, with Listening to Fear. Oh, um, cool. yeah. I had a little bit of a click moment with that um, mm-hmm. that I, I haven't heard nice. anyone talk about before. Plus some cathartic uh, uh, additions I'm hoping to, to add to the whole thing. And then nice. we do the, hopefully that's this week, and then we do the uh, patron hangout on Saturday. We're talking about family. Family. Family, family yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll see. But uh, um, I completely turned my life upside down, um, uh, destabilized. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. It's, I, you know, distraction addict. Uh, lots of procrastination and all of that. And, mm-hmm. and last year we put out a video a month and then did the patron hangouts every other week. Um, mm-hmm. patron hangouts are now back. Um, and I'm hoping with listening to fear to get the episode guides back to, uh, once a month and then right. build on top of that with, uh, uh but mm-hmm. it will always be on top of the episode guides, right. um, rather than, than anything else. But yeah, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I have ideas for, including um, a short film series in the vein of Nerd Chipper with more stories oh, yeah. and and but in a structure and a format that nice. um, I've I've had in mind for a while. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I live in New York now with my lady friend. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, she's my. Girlfriend. girlfriend <laughs> your, your partner. I don't. I don't think I've said that. Have I said that on the air? Have yes, I? Have, uh, I've yeah. said girlfriend. Okay, good. Yeah. Still feels You're still weird. very sheepish about it. But it you still feels still, weird. Yeah. Like it's easy for me to say to her and to you and and but to say um, uh, on the podcast or any sort of public space mm-hmm. is uh, is a, is a strange kind of thing. Not only for um, because I like to keep um, my uh, at least a part of my life private but because being 41 and saying girlfriend feels strange see i uh, i've got a she she really struggles with boyfriend it's adorable i prefer the word you know girlfriend boyfriend i have this irrational it's totally irrational but i have this irrational hatred of people using the, the word partner i'm like you're in a relationship. You're not opening a law firm, okay? Yeah. Like, you're not. You're not. I don't know. I just hate the word part partner, and I know a lot of people prefer that term, and that's fine. I just don't. don't well, when, like it when she was reason. struggling with the other thing too is I have a particular association, community association with that LGBTQ. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't feel like. I feel like it has. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, when when we were trying different words on, she said, "Well, what about partner?" Because she really didn't want to say boyfriend, and, okay. I, and I was like, "I'm not sure. I, I feel like that. Uh, we, we, sure, but I, I I don't. I feel like that is a community word for the LGBT community, Russ. Mm. But I don't know how that works. How the hell would I like? What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> I I just think." Like just just use whatever word you want or feel no. co- comfortable with that. That's what that that's how I see it. Jack, I just, you're you're my yeah. partner. 
You are, you're my hetero life pop partner. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. My hetero life pop partner. Come on, come on. Which I totally stole from Jay and Silent Bob, but I don't care. I'm u- using it. Ian, most, I love you mostly, very much. Mostly hetero life partner. Mostly, All yeah, right, mostly. Yeah. I yeah, mean, there we go. If, if anybody could make me reconsider, it's definitely you. Definitely. Uh, I watched a movie you have to watch. It's called The okay. Kid Detective. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was recommended yeah. on. Um, oh God, there. Uh, Jay and uh, Mike. Um, Red Letter Media. Red Letter Media. Thank you. They they did a, yeah. a spot recommending it on Red Letter Media, and we watched it the other day. Mm-hmm. It is about um, a kid detective mm-hmm. who grew up, and what life is okay. like for a kid detective in his thirties. Oh, okay. um, and it was wonderful. We, I mean, I love this kind of movie where I, I've given you the whole setup. It's noir combined with sort of this, the deeply saturated child detective genre. It is sometimes light and funny and uh, sometimes very dark. Um, okay. But it does a good. I, I it doesn't so much mix them as swap between them at times, okay, okay, and yeah, uh, yeah. but I think does a very good job of pulling it off. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of the best edited movies. This is a weird thing to say uh, that I've seen in a while. Um, there were audio edits in the movie. Okay. That were so good, Lonnie and I turned to each other and went, the way they cut audio into the next scene or the way they may cut musical uh, bits mm-hmm. to create an effect or a purpose uh, mm-hmm. in the, was, was so striking. She and I turned to each other several times and were like, that was really good. I just had a very similar experience with, um, have you seen Baby Driver? Yeah, yeah. The way that film uses music and and foley was just incredible. My my brother showed showed me, and I'm like, ha- halfway through, I t- turned to him, and I'm like, holy shit! Well, I've never seen anything like this. That's uh, Stephen Wright, isn't it? Okay, um, I don't know. He directed Hot Fuzz and uh, oh Edgar Edgar Wright Edgar Wright Edgar Wright. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 hey, no. You're right. Yeah. Um, it was he's kind of was, he's notorious for for that for sure honestly it it was the best action film i've seen in in a long time simply because of how un, unique it was it's it's use of sound is something i've never seen before and i loved it yeah it edgar incredible. wright's style becomes a style oh yeah yeah he's kind of like, you know like Taran, tarantino or yeah. fincher or whatever there's a very re- recognizable style his is very punchy his stuff is very punchy this felt seamless within the film and the story itself okay. uh but it was still really good so um oh and the other thing too is i finished arkham knight oh okay yeah. finally <laughs> which was a gift that you gave me um yes, so i want to say yeah. thank you i i've now played okay. um i finished in the last year or two arkham asylum arkham origins mm-hmm. and arkham knight um Nice. You you went through the whole series, and I think that's it. That's it. Or is there another one? That's yeah. it. Arkham Knight well is done. good. Yeah, I played a good chunk chunk of it. Um, good. I, the whole series is great, but but yeah. uh, but within the 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 range of those three games, 
Um, I would put it at number two behind Arkham Asylum. It oh, is okay. by far the See. the best looking. Uh, yeah. The story is the most ambitious, but there are certain aspects of the game I think that hold it back from the perfect experience that Asylum was. Okay. See, but Asylum is a little more um, linear, though, right? Like you're stuck in the well, Asylum it's room it's like... to room to room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whereas like um, Night had this sort of free roam aspect to it, with, with which I really enjoyed. It does, um, but it has that Assassin's Creedy copy paste mm. the same mission uh, ten times to accomplish to fill out the city. Yeah, but yes, but I don't think it's it's like Assassin's Creed one bad if you know what I no, mean. It's no, no, not... I mean even Assassin's Creed got better at creating variety within yeah. the the copy paste um right but still i feel those seams when i play the game and mm-hmm. uh and the vehicle stuff uh batman has batman's yeah uh, the batmobile the can turn into a tank in this one and I... the sections become not fun yeah and and i find the batmobile itself and the tank mode quite hard to control you know what it, i i was thinking of you while i was playing it uh the batmobile handles like marcus phoenix from gears of war one absolutely yeah absolutely yeah 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 and speaking of gears of war yeah we started uh, gears started four in... yeah, which, which is, is shockingly not crap <laughs> night and day man night and freaking day like gears one i will never touch touch again i yeah no i had no reason fun to. playing it with you but i didn't have fun playing exactly the game. Like, uh, uh the, so we both have the xbox pass and the full series mm-hmm. is on um uh gears one four and five is on the pc and then one through five is mm-hmm. on um the xbox and yep. i just like you know, you and I like having a a date night. Yeah. You know, we like having yeah. a date from time to time, and so our bromance can can, can grow and it's just it's, it it's and... just a romance. Yeah, yeah, it's just a romance <laughs> at this point. It really is. <laughs> you and I flirt more than Lonnie and I do. It's just a romance. <laughs> and she says says that too. She, she she's always like, oh, I love it when the boyfriends are flirting. Uh. Yeah, so we played through Gears One, and it it's mm-hmm. aging poorly. Um, oh, it, it just—it's from a particular time. Boring. It's from a I particular time period of yeah. like heavy brotacular dude broy space marine kinds like, of. Uh, they're just giant, like muscly dudes that that they look like giant turds. You, yeah, you know, like they're just like. <laughs> big and bulky and like wrinkly <laughs> like because they're so bulky it's yeah. i don't know it's weird yeah. space turds the video game uh <laughs> yes. turd marines the uh, <laughs> uh the i love lonnie and i got into a conversation about the advertising for that series the commercials mm. and how they are their <sighs> art and not like the Beautiful. games at all like Gears One used um Mad World yeah. in in its a- a- advertising, and that is so like my favorite one is for opposite. Gears Two. I have a rendezvous with death at some disputed <laughs> barricade. It may be he should take my hand and lead me into it's... his dark land. Well, Marcus Phoenix is carrying a big, <laughs> uh, you know, space monster or uh, uh, dirt monster down and having it shot Dude. in the face. But it, it's, it's a testament to 
how editing can take a game like that and elevate yeah. it with a combination of music and editing is magic. Yeah. But it's borderline false a- a- advertisement. It's... Like, well, there, and there's a there's a. I think that you can. Cliff uh, Blazinski is the the um, was the game lead and designer on that, and those ads were so infamous yeah. that I kind of feel like he started trying to make the games have the same kind of um, uh, emotion and drama that mm-hmm. the advertisements did. So right. in the first game, it's just a brotacular shoot 'em up. Yeah. Uh, by I... the third game, uh, Santiago, the co-op uh, mm-hmm. buddy, his wife dies in a horrible scene in the second one, okay. and she's been okay. tortured for the course of the entire game. So they fridge mm-hmm. her to motivate him, and then the third game, right. you didn't get to play this, and spoilers for anyone mm-hmm. who. Uh, <laughs> wants to cares to play through Gears of War one, two, and three. In the third game, Santiago uh, commits suicide to save the team. In a oh, okay. very dramatic scene where Marcus See, Phoenix, uh, or no, uh, is it Dom Santiago? I think it's uh, Dominic Santiago. Uh, that, and he's got okay. a beard on that turd body like they paste yeah. a beard onto his face <laughs> um and he drives a truck and commits suicide for some reason i don't think i finished the third game uh so that seems a little more in line with the ad the advertising like, it, it is but it's like, drama done by done poorly they were they were okay. they were scenes okay. I laughed at because they were in such bad taste and so dissonant with <laughs> the actual content of the game where you're throwing right. grenades and your guys are going oh yeah or running up to people with a um, with a chainsaw blade and cutting guys yeah. in half and then we have this emotional scene with Dom's wife at the end of the it yeah. was so. That's the thing, man. Like with Gears One, I wouldn't put Mad World in in the advertisement. I'd I'd, I'd put like a Slayer song or a Metallica song. Yeah, that's that's much more in line with how the game feels. More you know? human it, it, than the human. It's just it's it's I don't know. Like it, it like seeing those ads. If I had played it back in the day, I would have been like, "What the hell? This is not what I was promised." Yeah. with the ad. But that's the thing: the ad doesn't really promise you anything. No, no, it doesn't. So, and it, you can tell yeah. it's never in-game footage; it's all cinematic stuff. Yeah. Um, but and you and none of the things you see in the ads are actually in any of the games. Mm-hmm. So the sequences where right. he jumps through windows or whatever right. are are not in the actual <laughs> game. But yeah, and I don't know what why Gears was famous. So the Xbox had Gears and Halo, and yeah. the PlayStation had Resistance um, and uh, Uncharted. I think Uncharted came right. along a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Resistance, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, Resistance, and someone's shouting at it. Let me through the the their speakers. I can't hear you. <laughs> um, there's a lot though. There's well, like, the the, the the big exclusive that were draws to those consoles, oh, and exclusive. and um, 
you know, they, they just kind of fell. Uh, God of War was another one for for the PlayStation. Yeah, that's play, PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, yeah. and then um, uh, I'm not sure why Gears was a big attractor, um, and eventually it just kind of fell off. But anyway, we started Gears Four. So Gears Four is, if I remember correctly, um, Epic made uh, Gears One through Three, mm-hmm. and then Microsoft bought the rights to right. Gears itself. Mm-hmm. And a different studio made Gears Four, and you and I just were having a date night. Yeah, and we were like, "Yeah, hey, you want to play Gears?" Eh, okay, yeah. and so we started Gears Four, and what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, immediately I'm like, "This is so much better. This is prettier. It it handles better. Like, and and I actually care about what's going on." Well, and in <laughs> fairness, Gears One was a almost 20 year old game it's Uh, it's very emblematic of that time yeah very um gears 4 was 2016 i think yeah but it's just uh like even since that's a thing like the the movement like the way your character moves is like it's not all that different from gears 1 but it feels so much more fluid and less clunky yeah um yeah, and the interesting thing yeah. is, I find apocalypse fiction really interesting. I I, yeah, I, I like apocalypse fiction. I think it's interesting. The problem mm-hmm. with apocalypse video games is if you make your apocalypse a Fallout-style, dusty, brown, gray apocalypse... Mm-hmm. It's not like a two-hour movie or or a book no. where all of that is in your head. You have to spend eight to twenty hours yeah. looking at grays and dirt and dust and yeah. all of that. And the first three Gears games are all dust um, mm. and just not fun uh, uh, places no. to spend time yeah. for that protracted period of time. And this game mm-hmm. is very saturated and colorful it's so pretty and bright and it's it's a pleasure to look at like every level like oh it's so pretty yeah yeah um they kind of went to the naughty dog school of character yeah. work where um by uncharted two or three you could tell the actors were just in their mocap their rubber mocap suits walking around vamping or improving mm-hmm. off each other um, and then they kept some of that and added it to sort of give the game an organic feel and organic dialogue. And mm-hmm. it definitely feels the, the the lead character in Gears Four feels like, you know, discount Nathan Drake to me. Who he, and he and Nathan, reminds me of Riley Finn. Nathan Drake. He, well, yeah, and Riley Finn is discount Steve Rogers, and Nathan Drake is yeah. discount Indiana Jones. So it's like several yeah. layers of uh, refined sugar. To get to yeah. the that character, <laughs> but I think it's just uh, it's just so refreshing that it's not dude brotacular anymore. No, because no. that's the thing I hated them the most about Gears One. Because I I just like I just couldn't wait to finish it so it could just be be done with yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was a weird kind of fun where it's nice to spend time together and be be doing yeah. a thing but yeah. good lord and we got stuck on the final boss fight for like an hour <laughs> yeah yeah that was terrible yeah. and glitched um 
Yeah. So it yeah. may just be that Gears 4 is not Gears 1. Uh, combined Probably. with all of the refinements of time. Right. I, I, I am having fun with it, but it's one of those ones where I'm not sure if I'd be playing it without you, though. Yeah, like, really good co-op campaigns are so yeah. rare that that's right. why we're willing to play a Gears 1. Is yeah. you know you've got Halo, you've got Gears, and then yeah. they become a little bit more the few bar and far is between. Very low, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying. It. I'm enjoying it enough that um, I would like to play a little bit more after we're done recording. Me too. Absolutely, you've got me in the mood. <laughs> so we're right around an hour uh, of mm-hmm. recording. We can go ahead and get to the um, fanfic reading. I figure. What mm-hmm. um I'm just we it was I apologize everyone we didn't we're we're getting back into the swing of things okay this is this is this is the I get can back tell into this the is swing. going to be a bit of a messy um this isn't going to be as refined as we usually do as polished um, <laughs> yes and if you can we, as if you can call what we do normally yeah, refined yeah. I mean by our standards by our okay? st- yes. but, which is yes. very very low yeah um. But yeah, we, we're completely unscripted. We're we're just riffing here, yeah. and we normally have like a basic script to go off, which somebody threw out like five minutes uh, yes. before we started. Uh, Someone is impulsive now, <laughs> it's okay, and I like I it. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna get to the fanfic reading, uh, and then after that, we'll come back and t- uh, just remind everyone uh, what's going on this week, and. Mm-hmm that'll be it so let's get to the fanfic reading right now here is gone by terry boda chapter 40 spike ran he ran until he thought his injured leg had surely broken in a dozen places and all the wounds that had half healed from glory's tortures had reopened and spilled his blood all over himself in the street But no pain he endured could match the blinding panic that seared through him now. The all-encompassing terror that drove him past the point of all his endurance. The Knights of Byzantium were gone. All of them. What poor sods were still left alive were surely being held as food for the hell bitch. The rest were dead slaughtered like cattle and left to rot on the killing field. The apartment complex was in flames, the fire casting blood-red shadows on the surrounding buildings and flooding the nearby park with toxic black smoke, smoke he used as cover in which to make his desperate escape. The plan seemed simple enough. When Glory was weakened, she either found a victim to brain suck or lost her ability to hold Ben back. All they theoretically had to do was wait until Glory morphed into Ben, and then kill him while he was vulnerable. It was a very simple plan. Because vampires were immune to the forgetting spell that Glory Ben cast, that made humans forget that they had seen one switch to the other, Spike would watch for Ben and alert the knights of his whereabouts. The knights would then attack and kill Ben, striking too quickly for any of Glory's minions to stop them. All of this had been decided after he had guided them into the apartment and showed them the small room with Ben's meager possessions. 
Neither the intern nor the god was home, but a handful of minions were there to guard the apartment. They tried valiantly to fulfill their duty, but the knights overpowered them and barged into the living room. They didn't kill them, and when Spike asked why they didn't just slit the minions' throats, he was told that Glory would simply reanimate them after they were killed. When his claim... when the the claims were substantiated. The knights went to lie in wait while he scouted for Glory or Ben. It wasn't long before he spotted the intern's Nancy Boy car pulling into the apartment complex's parking lot, and he alerted the troops. How was he to know the poof had guts? The little wanker actually fought back. Glory's crusty minions actually came to his defense. Things still would have been all right. But then the hell bitch came out to play, and it all broke loose. He'd known that the bitch was strong, but nothing could have prepared him for the ferocity of her attack, or the carnage that she left in her wake. The rout was an upset that even an, the great Angelus would have appreciated in his days of soulless killing and mayhem. He barely escaped with his own life, using the explosions from erupting gas lines to cover his fleeing form. And now he was running. Running for the magic box, because he knew... It was just a matter of time before Glory discovered that Dawn was the key. He flew through the doors of the magic box where he knew the others would be if Giles had found his letter. He didn't even bother to slow down as he bolted into the store and was met with a fist to the face. He reeled back from the impact, collapsing on the hard floor and looking dazedly up at the supremely pissed-off watcher who was rubbing his fist. You stupid idiot, you traitorous son of a bitch, Giles accused. There's no there's no time. You gotta get out of here. The knights are gone and Glory's gonna come gunning for you. You gotta rally the troops and bugger out now, he countered angrily. What have you done? the watcher roared. What you wouldn't do. I found someone who'd help me, but it all went wrong. Now she's gonna come for you. He yelled back, struggling to his feet in spite of his wounds. What were you thinking? You've betrayed us all. What the hell's going on here? Buffy demanded, coming into his field of view. She was dangerously angry, and he feared for his own life again. Buffy, let me explain. You irresponsible idiot! Giles, Buffy warned, then turned to him, standing near to him, arms crossed. You, talk. By now... The others had gathered around, staring at him with concerned and worried expressions on their faces. He scrambled to think of a proper explanation that wouldn't give everything away. Right, uh, it's like this. When Glory was playing Peel the Vamp, I found out something real interesting about our hell bitch. Way I figure it works like this. When Buffy was kicked out of... When Glory was kicked out of Hell Central, the only way that could do it was to tie her to a human form. Mortal form. Now, this form lives as long as the hell bitch does, but it's not invulnerable. While she had me, I found out that the mortal form is our favorite intern, Ben, he explained in a rush. Ben? Ben Ben from the hospital? Buffy asked. He swallowed and nodded. The very same. So I did some digging, and I confirmed that if you get rid of Ben, you get rid of Glory. Kill the man and the god dies, Tara commented, her eyes opening wide. He nodded at her, trying to catch his breath. Exactly. Well, as soon as I knew for sure, I told Giles. Buffy rounded on her watcher. Wait a minute, you knew about this? Giles turned 
took off his glasses and cleaned them vigorously. Yes, Spike told me what he had discovered. You're telling me that Spike told you about a major weakness in glory and you didn't tell me? Buffy, I I was exploring other options. Other options, she repeated incredulously. We want to do a void, killing an innocent, if at all possible, Giles explained. He's no innocent. Tonight proved it for me. He knows damn well what's going on. He spat back. So what happened? Buffy ordered. What did you do? He cringed under her hard stare, but was determined to hold his ground. Well, Watcher wouldn't help me. I couldn't do it myself because of this damn chip they shoved in my brain, so I went to someone who would. Looked up our resident idiots in armor. The Knights of Byzantium, Willow breathed. Yeah, uh, them. Anyways, I figured if they were willing to kill a little girl in order to stop Glory, they'd be willing to kill an intern. Trade for killing Glory herself. Go on, Buffy prompted. First off, I'd like to say that the Knights already knew Dawn was the key. I didn't tell them. Turns out they came and got the bloke Glory brain sucked, but he was at the hospital the night Dawn went into the Looney Ward. He saw her, recognized that she was the key, must have let it slip when his buddies came to get him, he admitted. So they were already planning a full frontal attack on you in order to get Dawn. I just made him go after a bigger fish. Buffy nodded that she understood, and he continued, his eyes never leaving her face. Well, I was right. And as soon as I proved to them I was telling the truth, they were more than willing to go after the hell bitch herself and leave Dawn alone. How nice of them, Buffy commented dryly. But something went wrong, didn't it? But something went wrong, didn't it? You said we were all in danger, Anya interrupted. Yeah, something went wrong, all right. When we attacked Ben, the blighter fought back. And he traded places with his worse half, and she blew us all to kingdom come. When I got out of there, the whole block was on fire, and what was left of the knights was being rounded up by Glory's minions. Slipped out in the smoke and came running here. Now Glory knows that her secret is out, and she's going to come gunning for us. She's also got the knight that's all loony. My guess is he'll tell her about dawn pretty soon. we got to get out of town. He nodded. Already planned for that. Nick to Winnebago and stashed it behind the shop. So that's where that ugly camper came from. I I was going to call the police and have it towed, Anya admitted. It's a good thing you didn't. It's your your lot's ticket out of here. Grab your toothbrushes and a pair of clean knickers and bug her out. You stole a camper? Buffy asked dubiously. What? It's big enough to tote the whole Scooby crew. Could have nicked a Porsche. Thought you wouldn't want to leave anyone behind. Buffy pursed her lips thoughtfully. She had that Slayer look on her face, the one that made all the tough decisions and executed all the difficult plans. Spike was glad to see it, because it meant that Buffy was already figuring out what they were going to do next. Okay, Glory knows where Dawn and I live, so we can't go home. Wills, you and Tara go back to your place and get supplies. Xander, Anya, you do the same. Giles, we have to talk, but not right now. I need you to gather what you think we'll need. Move, people, we have a half hour, let's get going. The Slayer commanded. The group took their marching orders and scattered, knowing that Buffy had everything under control. Spike gratefully sank down onto the bench at the reading table. He was still in considerable pain and was glad for the rest. Too much had happened in too short a time, and he was nearing his breaking point. He let his head fall to the table and closed his eyes, allowing himself a brief respite from the chaos that sought to consume him. He dozed off 
when the aroma of warmed blood roused him, and he lifted his head to see Terra, placing a tall container of heated blood in front of his nose. Her eyes were hooded and full of concern. Back so soon, he asked. I, I never left. Will is getting the things we need. I wanted to stay here and make sure you were all right. He gave her his trademark smirk and winked at her as he gratefully accepted the food. His expression fell, however, when he tried to sit up and pain lanced through his body, making him gasp. Tara pushed the blood towards him. E eat. There are herbs in it that will help with the pain. He nodded and reached for the container, raising it to his lips. His hand only shook a little bit as he drank it down. Thanks, love, he sighed when he was finished. That is what you meant, wasn't it, about not betraying us? Tara said softly. He lowered his eyes and refused to answer. Why didn't you tell us? I did. Told the Watcher, he replied. Why didn't you tell Buffy? Same reason Giles didn't want to tell her. Ben's human. Didn't want her to have to make that choice. Yes, well, it was my choice to make, Buffy's angry voice interrupted as she slammed the Gruthlack battle axe down on the table. A sullen dawn was behind her. What else are you keeping from me? She demanded, her expression brooking no argument. He swallowed heavily and tried to quell the fear in his heart. There's a demon I killed, a nasty bloke I, I heard serve the hell bitch. Lopped off his head with that very axe. And I might have left something important at his place. Uh, I heard about it later. A woman wooden box he kept scrolls in, but never got a chance to go back and look for it. Where is it and what am I looking for? Buffy ordered. Buffy, no, you, you can't, Dawn cried. Buffy looked at her sister, then back to him. Tell me what I need to know. Buffy? Buffy looked back at her sister. If what Spike says is true, then this guy may have something that can help us. I'm the only one not doing anything else. I can go and be back before the others get here. Glory didn't know where this demon lived, did she? I don't know. I was uh, only there once. I doubt she'll go looking for him, though. He was a small fish, he admitted. So it's probably safe, then. Where am I going? Reluctantly, he told her where Doc had lived and described the small wooden chest he and Xander had taken from the apartment in a previous timeline. He really hadn't wanted to tell her, but he feared her wrath if he simply refused, and he simply wasn't up to dealing with her anger. She left in a swirl of blonde and black leather, and he watched her go with some amusement. It seemed ironic that he would be in her place this time around. Since he had been trying to keep the Scoobies one step ahead of glory, Buffy had only had to fight the Hellbitch twice, unlike the four or five other times she'd gotten beaten by glory the last time around. Nor had she had to face her best friend's lover, getting brain-socked, and then have to save Willow from becoming toast herself. While this Buffy was tired and scared, she wasn't beaten. Last time, Buffy had been completely drained, exhausted, and soul-weary. It had led her to Catatonia when Dawn was finally taken, and broken her in a way he, was never, he never ever wanted to see her broken again. That Buffy had been ready to give up, ready to die just to end the pain. He remembered what Buffy had told him about her conversation with Giles on the night of her death, how she was tired didn't want to live in a world that kept it demanding 
that she sacrificed the one she loved. That Buffy had been a shadow of her former self. This Buffy remained undefeated. It suddenly struck him exactly how much he had been able to change things this time around, even though all the major events remained the same. He had been able to spare Buffy a great deal of pain by avoiding certain situations or by taking the pain on himself. So far, if anyone had been defeated by glory, it was him. But not even that could be said, because he was still unliving and in full control of all his faculties. Therefore, while he hadn't been able to alter the timeline significantly, he had effected a staggering amount of change with his efforts. The realization gave him the first glimmers of hope he'd felt in a long time. If they ran, no knights were around to waylay them. Giles would never be skewered. Ben would never be called to treat him, and that meant Ben would, wouldn't do his glory switcheroo and grab Dawn. All they had to do was hold out for a few more days, and Glory would lose her window of opportunity to use Dawn to open the portals. They could do that, couldn't they? What, what are you thinking? Tara questioned him, drawing him out of his thoughts. He looked at her and gave her a smile. I'm thinking this plan might just work. Both she and Dawn blinked at him. Well, that, that's good, Tara said. His smile broadened. Yeah, it is. Did you really go to those knights to try and save me? Dawn asked. Yeah, Niblet, I did. She slapped him across the face. Hard. You stupid idiot! You could have gotten yourself killed! She screamed. He rubbed his stinging cheek. Pint-sized packs a punch. Ow. Dawn, Tara reprimanded. You put yourself in terrible danger for me. What if they hadn't believed you? What if Gloria had gotten you again and killed you this time? What would we have done without you? Dawn continued, starting to cry. No, oh, Niblet, I'm sorry, he said, softening and reaching for her. He'd been through too much and suffered too much pain to care what the others would think. Dawn was precious to him, as precious as Buffy, and she needed him to hold her and prove to her that he was still with her. She fell into his arms, aggravating all of his injuries, but he didn't care. She was safe in his embrace, and he planned to keep it that way. All they had to do was wait until Buffy and the others got back, and then they would run and hide out until Glory's time was up. Finally, a simple plan that would work where all the others had failed. Neither he nor Terra were prepared for the alarms that suddenly went off or the explosion that blew in the storefront windows. They barely had time to register that the advance warning spell Willow and Terra had placed around the magic box had sounded off before the blast knocked them back. Terra screamed as she was thrown to the ground by the pressure wave and was knocked unconscious. Spike, still holding Dawn, was flipped upside down and slammed by the heavy table as it blew over and knocked him into the bookcases. Dawn was underneath him, protected from the brunt of the impact by his body. But they were both trapped by the broken table and the bookcases that had collapsed on top of them. Spike! he heard Dawn cry. Dawn! he answered, struggling to use his back to dislodge the debris on top of them so he could see if she was injured. Suddenly, the weight on his body was lifted away and he looked up to see Glory looming over them. Well, 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 looky here, 
It's my key in a neat little kitty-sized package. He struggled to rise to keep Dawn out of her clutches, but the hell god simply grabbed him and threw him like a rag doll. He sailed clear across the store and hit the glass counter, shattering it under his weight. No, he thought as he watched Glory drag Dawn from the rubble. No, please, God, no. You are gonna, you and me are going to have so much fun, Glory said with a sadistic smile as she pulled the weeping, struggling teen to his face. Spike? Spike! Dawn screamed. He couldn't move, shards of glass stabbing him through, along his back. His leg was bent as, at an odd angle. The fingers of his left hand mangled and broken. Still, he used his right hand, grasping at the floor, even though it was littered with glass that sliced into his palm and tried to drag himself from the wreckage to get Dawn. Dawn must save Dawn. Spike! Dawn. To kitties, see you all in hell! Glory taunted as she forced Dawn from the shop. He reached out one helpless hand at the empty air where Dawn had been, the image of her terrified, pleading face burning itself into his shocked mind. Dawn? She took Dawn? Glory has Dawn. I failed. I failed. I failed. Blackness clouded his vision, crushing him under its weight. He couldn't take it, not after all he had been through, all he had done to try and protect Dawn and Buffy. His mind shattered into a million pieces and scattered like a supernova exploding out into the universe. Then he saw and felt no more. Jack! Ian. Jack. We did it! First podcast of 2021. Oh. It feels good to be it, uh, back. Oh, and... Um, so good. Just, just quickly, I forgot to, to mention this at the beginning, but I have a new mic. Uh, my uh, brother said to me, well, what would you like for a Christmas? I'm like, well, I need a new mic. So he got me a new mic. Um, I remember last year, a couple of people uh, said that my mic levels were too too low. That's my bad. I didn't boost them enough. I think part, part of the problem I was ha having was there was such a stark dif dif difference in quality between our two mics. It was hard to sort of le level them, them out. So um, this new mic, I've done some uh, t testing and playing around. It should be uh, better. But if there's issues with this particular... Uh, well, well, if there's some kinks, I'll, I'll, I'll work them out before yeah. next week. Well, I mean, there's always yeah. kinks. It's us. There's always going to be kinks. Yes. We'll figure it out. Know. <laughs> Get it? Kinks? Yeah, Sorry. I wandered into that one. Jack, what are you up to this week? <laughs> um, That is a great question. It's Monday you know, what there. What am I up to? Um, I... See, this is the problem of, of not ha having a script. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm... Well, I, I heard I you're doing have... some work for a mutual friend of ours. Yes, yes. Um, doing some work. Um, How are you passing the apocalypse? Really... Yeah, I don't know if I can go into specifics just yet. Okay. But once it's all worked out, I, I will let um, everybody know. I'm sure there'll be some kind of announcement. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm taking on a new role of sorts, shall we say. Um, are you playing anything I'm going right to now? get... Sorry, what? Are you playing anything right now? I need to get back into Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, f I finished the uh, pro prologue, which was amazing. You um, have the machine that'll, a machine that'll actually run it. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, not very well, though. Although they did do an optimization patch, but I haven't uh, seen what it's done yet. Wow. Um, but yeah, I on, on, honestly, I hadn't had a, a lot of issues. It's the people on console that have had the, the, the worst time with, with it. Like, the, the worst thing that I encountered was... There's it. There's this bit where you have to like walk walk through this doorway, and there's this cop NPC standing in front of it that like shoves you every, every time you, you go to walk in, in into it, which was a glitch. But um, yeah, I played the uh, pro prologue, and there's a character. He's kind of like your par partner. His name's Jackie Wells, and at first I hated him, but but by the end I loved him. Nice. I, I, I love Jackie Wells. Um, so yeah, I need to get get back into that. Um, I don't know why I haven't. I've just been in a bit of a. Um, I don't know if um funk is the the right word. I've just been settling in, I guess, yeah. to, to being being home. But um, I also need to like we're gonna get get back into the Patreon readings and just lots of different video related stuff. Wow. Um, but what about you, sir? What what are you up to? Um, this week I am getting listening to Fear Delivered up, ready, polished, finished, finito. Wonderful. Uh, you know, those, it's funny, those videos, unlike Fool for Love or, um, The Gift or Buffy versus Dracula or any of the, the tentpole ones are almost more difficult where it's a connective mm -hmm. tissue kind of episode where it, right. it's kind of... The point is to set up stuff that's coming along down the line. So providing any kind of commentary that's worth people clicking on and listening to, which is important to me, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's sometimes a struggle. Uh, the you know, and I could lean into red arrows, and uh, <laughs> all of that. That's always a nice go go to. Yeah, but I didn't. There were there are no nipples in this one, so. Yeah, now here's the thing. What am you, I gonna do? Put a red you, arrow on something normal? Come on now. You don't know how to fail. You you <laughs> knock it out of the park every time. Well, look, not every video is going to be amends like that. That's not gonna 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 happen. But like I always say, man, beer bad. Well, you found something good to say about beer bad. Lonnie and I were talking. I said I I I I. I think I found some stuff to talk about uh, with suffering and despair, which is mm -hmm. kind of my wheelhouse of conversation. Yeah. So, uh, you know. <laughs> there is nothing like grief. There's nothing like grief. So, going to be working on that. I have been trying to break my Conan addiction, my Conan Exiles addiction. Why, though? That's that's such a fun game. It is, <laughs> but it is. But, but I play that or other things, mm -hmm. but I don't play both. Uh, well, is, the is, is the thing about those kinds of games you yeah. know the dota 2s that's why the conan said, exiles um, that's that's why i said i need to get back into cyberpunk because i've just gone back into playing o overwatch Dude. over and over and over again just it's, uninstall it's, it i just no i don't want to un uninstall it i'm uninstall not crazy <laughs> no i like overwatch i am not uninstall how dare you how dare you say uh, i can stop whenever you, i you want <laughs> You can still like it, but not have it on the computer. That's all I'm saying. Overwatch is great, I but I'm not allowed to have it. This is why I can't have nice things. Overwatch is why I can't have nice things. You know, you, 
I need to. I start I, playing the game. Look at you. <laughs> look at how conflicted and uncomfortable the I made. Just trying to take your is is immense. <laughs> yeah, trying right to now. take your Overwatch away, and you're all itchy and. Oh, oh. <laughs> The thing is, that game pisses me off so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like games that make me rage, but I'm addicted to. It's maddening. Yeah, but like, I've I've said before that I struggle for some reason. I it's very rare I actually finish a game. Like Arkham Knight, I played a lot, but I didn't finish yeah. it. And so I just need to I need to stop spending like eighty dollars on the game and not finishing it. What the hell? Yeah. Okay, whenever calling, that's sorry. why I did the spreadsheet is now whenever a new game comes out that I want I add it to the spreadsheet mm -hmm. and then I random and if I hit that game I'll buy it but if I don't right. then okay. I don't then I don't buy it but I get that sense of like okay it's added to the collection mm -hmm. I just don't I'm just gonna keep working through the backlog anyway I don't know if this is interesting for uh, any, anyone um, yeah then again, I never know if this is interesting for everyone, so who cares? It's interesting <laughs> for you and I. Right. Uh, um, yeah, we've got movie night on Friday, and we're wa what are we watching on Friday? Oh, we watched um, From Dusk Till Dawn, which was uh, <laughs> a fun experience yeah. with our group. Uh, and me, it was. You and you and I went through and eliminated forty movies from uh, the list when it started. Which is just gonna work. yeah, that wouldn't aren't going to work with that crowd. Um, um, what was the movie we rolled for? Oh, what? Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I tried. That's why I couldn't remember. I tried yeah. to take it off after From Dusk <laughs> Till Dawn. I was like, no, let's watch Seven Samurai or Rashomon, not <laughs> Star Trek Two. But look, it, it's got to be rewatched. It's okay? it's so got to be it's well got to be it's it. got to be watched. I actually that's yeah. um, when you get to a, like a hardcore trekker, usually that's the movie they say is their favorite. Um, okay. It might be my least favorite. Interesting. Uh, Ian always going against the grain. I all. like I like four and <laughs> six. The undiscovered country okay. is terrific, uh, okay. and I even like three a little bit. Anyway, mm. so we're doing I'm not, that on Friday, and then Saturday we have the patron mm -hmm. hangout uh, where we're talking yep. about family. Yeah, yeah. So should should be fun. Come and join us. We'll um, please, and, and yeah, you. we'll be back. We'll be back next week uh, with hopefully a more polished, uh, a little more refined structure. Hopefully there'll be some kind of structure wow. because. This was a shit show, but this was a fun shit show, and it is good to be back. <laughs> well, we hope you feel the same. Uh, but all right, my friends, we will see you um, this week or next. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.